This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Networks. Command codes verified. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border and politicians build a new world order Welcome to today's broadcast, Tap to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day, wherever you are, whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and we are indeed live tonight as we're going out across the airwaves, thanks to WCET-FM in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, all over the entire world, thanks to digital platforms like The Last Frequency, Liberty Talk FM, the K-Star Talk Network, and ZMA Radio. And, of course, all of those platforms have multiple platforms that they broadcast over beyond their own. So we're reaching so many different people right now that I can't even begin to count all of them. And the one thing that I want to say before we go any further is thank each and every one of you for joining. Appreciate you all. All right, I'm 
I'm not sure what's going on. About five minutes before airtime, I started having this thing going on with my throat. I'm having a hard time keeping it clear. So if I go in and out, just forgive me. Overlook it, and I'm going to try to get through here. Uh, should have a great show tonight. Scheduled guest in uh, hour number one, we have Robert H. Bork Jr. And uh, then uh, a treat, a kind of guest we don't normally have on. We'll be talking to Danny Katz. And then for the second hour, for the whole hour, I got very greedy with her time, and she very silly, very silly of her, agreed to it. We'll have Becky Noble on, and uh, we got a lot to talk about there. Before we get into any of today's topics, though, I do need to go ahead and start off by reminding you about our friends over at Four Patriots, because you know what? (laughs) It's just, it's crazy, right? We're really legitimately out there looking at the it's not just a possibility it's a probability but we know based on the way the current infrastructure is set up that legitimately two-thirds of americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout maybe even an extended one and you very well could be one of them you know setting in the dark and the cold or you know if we get into the summertime maybe the hot and you could be sitting uh, there for hours, maybe days, depending on the nature of what caused the blackout, maybe even weeks. So the question that you always have to ask yourself, are, are you ready? Are you prepared to protect your family? Now, this is where I remind you about our friends over at Four Patriots, because you could be ready to protect your family with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. I need to get a sound effect for that. Anyway, folks that have these new solar generators already, uh, they say that they're worth their weight in gold. They're not kidding. These generators have doubled the capacity of their predecessors. They're expandable so that they can last even longer and power more items. And uh, they can keep great devices going, uh, like medical devices if you need it. Uh, They can power your refrigerator for a while. Uh, Electric blankets, microwaves, RV air conditioners, uh, electric wheelchairs. Uh, They've got 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once. They've got two USB-C outlets, so you can charge your phone uh, 20 times faster than a regular plug. And best of all, the solar generator is fume free, so you don't have to worry about carbon monoxide poisoning, guys. It's safe to use inside. It never needs gasoline just go over to fourpatriots.com backslash t-a-p-p to check it out now you want to use the backslash t-a-p-p because that's a page that our four patriot friends have set aside just for listeners of the show they've set that up and it will land you right smack dab in the middle of this week's discounts and deals which is a great place to start if you're just getting started on your preparedness adventure and it's also a good place if you already have the essential stockpiled but there might be one or two items that you're waiting to get a good deal on but from that page you'll see a little banner at the top you can click it it'll take you right to the electric generators great place to start so don't know what else you can do other than be prepared. Get the preparedness items that you can use right now and that can save your life later. That's the number four. Okay, go to fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. All right, now, enough of that business. Let's get on to tonight's show. It's Friday. We're going to have all the fun that we can. 
And while we're having that fun, we're going to have some serious conversations. And we're going to kick that serious conversation off with Robert H. Bork Jr. He is the president of the Antitrust Education Project, and he recently just reissued his father's book, The Antitrust Paradox, A Policy at War with Itself. Uh, so with no further ado, we'll go ahead and bring on uh, Robert Bork Jr. Robert, first and foremost, I want to thank you so very much for uh, being here with us tonight. How are you doing this fine Friday? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Now, uh, obviously, you are one of the premier voices in the discussion about antitrust, and it is almost a lost topic when we discuss with everything else going on in the world, uh, so much focus on all the flashy things that are going on. But antitrust is still at the heart of a lot of things that our economy is driven by, and we see an effort – to continue to build these monopolies, and it really is a situation where the work that you're doing isn't as I'm, – I'm looking for the right word here. People just aren't paying enough attention to it because they're looking at all these flashier topics, I guess is the best way to do it. So I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing there because – there are a few things that are as important. It just seems like it's one of those behind-the-scenes kind of things. So uh, other than uh, the work that your dad put into this for so very long, what drew you in to follow up and continue to work so hard uh, in uh, trying to make sure that everyone understands uh, what antitrust are and why they're bad for uh, world economies, let alone the American economy? Well, Tim, it's a very good question. So – I really, uh, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I spent a long time as a uh, reporter before I got fed up with journalism <clears throat> because it had gone so far left, uh, and that was 35 years ago. Uh, and and I, was, I got into this now because I was very concerned that uh, what I was seeing in, in Washington, uh, Capitol Hill, uh, by Senator Warren and Senator Amy Klobuchar and, and, and the Biden administration, their attempts to change the last 45 years of economic uh, and, and, and antitrust law understanding that had been established by the Supreme Court uh, in 1979. Uh, in 1979, the Supreme Court took a case uh, and uh, on an antitrust case, and my father, the year before, had issued the Antitrust Paradox, his book about what was wrong with antitrust law. Uh, and how confused and crazy it was, and said, you know, really the basis of antitrust needs to be that the cons consumer welfare, and he proposed something called the Consumer Welfare Standard. And the Supreme Court, a year after the book was published, adopted that idea in a case and has adopted it ever since, and, and in other cases uh, reasserted that that's the way you should look at antitrust law. And I, that has led, I think, to... Uh, 45 years of growth, job creation, wealth creation. Uh, some would say, uh, argue that uh, it's led to, uh, you know, Amazon, Amazon and, and, and Google and other these other companies being so big and far-reaching. Um, but I think it's really led to, it's really been about freedom and putting the consumer at the center of antitrust law. Not just saying, as the court and the law had been interpreted for the previous 50 years, 
that big is always bad. Big is not always bad. Monopolies are bad, but, but it can be bad. But they aren't always bad. Uh, and, 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 you, and you really have to use economics and analysis to decide what some, if something really is a monopoly. But setting, just setting that slightly aside for a second. Um, so what happened was, uh, the, you know, the Democrats took over Congress. They put this uh, uh, rather, uh, I would say, inexperienced lawyer uh, in at the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, Lena Kahn, uh, who's made it her life's mission uh, to oppose Amazon and every, every big, any any merger and acquisition, she's op, she's just opposed to it, which I don't think makes a lot of sense uh, because there are a lot of mergers and acquisitions which make, you know, which create uh, new opportunities, new products, new services, create wealth for investors, jobs for, for people, um, but she's just opposed to everything. And so is, uh, you know, so is much of the, of the leadership in Congress, uh, the Democratic leadership in Congress. So seeing this happening, I decided to reissue my father's book, which had gone out of print. Uh, and um, it, uh, it occurred to me that, uh, that, that it, uh, people needed to read it again. And then I, I, after having done that, I thought, well, you know, I need to get in the game here. And I created this antitrust education project. Um, so having done that, I spend most of my days now trying to explain to people why big isn't always bad uh, and why uh, many of the opponents of, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, corporations in America are really socialist opponents of capitalism. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people really don't fundamentally grasp unless we start talking about some of the uh, – it's not exactly a new phenomenon, but I think it's been recently recognized uh, way more frequently, uh, the phenomenon of ESG scoring, uh, this idea that they're going to manipulate companies and control boards on a multitude of uh, woke standards as opposed to – uh, taking care of the fiduciary responsibilities that you should as a uh, board Absolutely. member for the stockholders of the company. They've created this idea of stakeholder capitalism as opposed to stockholder capitalism. And then we have witnessed fairly recently uh, through the actions of, well, the American people uh, finally having a successful boycott uh, against uh, Anheuser-Busch with Bud Light where they push back against this woke ideology in an area that it just doesn't belong and it's kind of started to send a message and now we're starting to see some other folks uh, particularly ExxonMobil recently kind of start pushing back against uh, ESG as well and it, it makes sense for energy companies because they've been made out to be the big bad uh, oh you're you're the evils you're destroying the environment even though a lot of these energy companies are fully invested in trying to develop cleaner types of energy and in trying to make uh, the oil and uh, the other things they may be doing as environmentally friendly as possible because it's good business for them and they'll be happy to make that transition as soon as it actually makes sense as soon as it's viable it but actually work right yeah. But it doesn't work. So you're absolutely right. So you mentioned ExxonMobil. Uh, 
Um, yeah, so, you know, ExxonMobil, as you say, is very invested in developing alternative uh, energy sources and alternative technologies. Um, but there are crazy uh, groups, uh, investor groups out there who keep putting forward, they buy up shares in ExxonMobil and other energy companies, and then they try to push for, uh, put directors on the board, or in this case, uh, most recently, uh, these two uh, groups, Arjuna Capital and a, com- and a Dutch uh, group called Follow This, uh, put forward a shareholder proposal, which, you know, to describe it as trying to enhance the value of the company is laughable. What they want to do is change the rules by which the company runs in order to accelerate ExxonMobil's move away from oil and gas, um, set, lo- set quicker uh, 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 standards for it to meet, uh, to uh, be greener, but basically to destroy the company. It's all about kneecapping ExxonMobil. So Exxon uh, decided, you know, this is like the third time this has happened to us by these people, and it's like the 14th time that, they've, that these groups have gone around doing this to other companies. Uh, we haven't had any success at the, at the very progressive SEC under Gary Gensler to stop this nonsense, so we're just going to sue them. And they sued to block these, these, the shareholder proposal, uh, which would be uh, voted on if it got in the, pro- got in the proxy, it would be voted on in, in May. Uh, and that was a shock to a lot of people and to the to the uh, climatistas out there. And so these groups uh, thought, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? So they withdrew within a week. They withdrew their proposal. But ExxonMobil said, no, 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 no. We're not we're not going to let you just withdraw it and then re- and, and then reintroduce it some other time. We're going to keep on with this lawsuit and we're going to stop this thing dead. We're going to rub this out. And, and so that's where it is right now. The judge has asked ExxonMobil, you know, didn't, they, didn't you get what you wanted? They withdrew the proposal. And ExxonMobil is saying, no, we want to make this go away. These are, these are not helpful proposals. These are proposals designed to hurt shareholders, to hurt the company. They will end up hurting uh, retirees who, who, uh, whose pension funds, or they themselves or their pension funds, invest in ExxonMobil. So we want it to go away. We want we want to stop this from ever happening again. Uh, let us run our company. We'll take good ideas from shareholders, but this this is not designed to enhance the company, to enhance shareholder value. So they're they're pursuing it. They're not going away. Uh, and uh, of course, the uh, climatistas, these two groups and others, are jumping up and down and wringing their hands. And 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 uh, they've even gotten uh, other investment groups, uh, liberal investment groups, to uh, 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 jump in and uh, denounce them. But, uh, you know, and, and good for ExxonMobil because, uh, you know, whatever you want to say, whatever you think about oil and gas or big, big corporations, you know, they, they, their shareholders and their board run this thing to supply our economy with the fuel, the energy it needs, to do well and right now that's what we need you know you can't run uh the the u.s economy you at it at its uh, at, at the rate it needs to to go you know uh on on solar or like you know electricity or whatever you need oil and gas 
and uh, and you need coal. Uh, maybe someday we won't, but we do now. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the driving force for any powerful economy, any economy that's going to create wealth and propel uh, the people living within it, is cheap, reliable, consistent energy. If you can produce uh, energy at low cost and it's affordable and it's reliable, then that allows you to structure whatever other type of manufacturing that you're going to do, and that's where the economies get driven. It's a basic fundamental principle that anybody that's studied uh, for 10 minutes uh, how America became a economic powerhouse in the first place. It's that basic underlying premise. It's easy enough to understand. But like you said, it's not about elevating. It's about decimating. The, the, um, these green folks out there who just want to completely uh, end oil, gas, coal because they've convinced themselves that it's horrible for the environment, therefore it's horrible for everyone else. Uh, they're not interested in waiting until we have an alternative. They just want it gone, and they're misguided. They they don't understand all the positives that come from it, including the fact that, you know, having this energy saves more lives than it harms. The ability to run air conditioners uh, <laughs> during the summer and the ability to have heat during the winter uh, is a thing that you're going to be taking away to a great extent. Uh, and if you're going to make it so unaffordable, it becomes unattainable for the poor, then you've really put yourself in a position where you're hurting the people you claim to be trying to help. But you mentioned they were really surprised, particularly with ExxonMobil. Uh, I think that's probably because uh, all of the big uh, oil companies had been invested in trying to develop greener uh, energies. But ExxonMobil had undoubtedly been probably more heavily invested than most of the others. So they probably thought they would just roll over rather than finally put their foot down. Uh, the S ESG folks that have been pushing it don't expect pushback at this point anyway. But the fact that they seem to be technically on their side until the folks at Exxon uh, Mobile finally got hit to the game that this isn't about improving the world. This is about trying to take out our business, and and now they recognize it for what it is. Uh, yeah, these groups are anti-capitalist, okay? They don't like business. They are socialists. They are communists. I mean, I, I sound like a crazy person when I say that kind of stuff, but it's true. They are not interested in, uh, in you know, really in, in, in the – in, in, in a working, functioning economy that can support life that we know and 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 and, and like now, you know, at the same time, Exxon Mobil and, and other energy companies, the United States as a whole, has been re, has reduced greenhouse gas emissions by over ten percent in the last, I suppose, twenty years, decade. I can't, I'm not sure what this time, but they, it has. It's gone. China. The second largest economy is like over 200% producing more greenhouse gases. Now, are these groups jumping up and down and going to tell China to cut it out? No, they're not really. India, also a huge greenhouse gas uh, producer, uh, you know, up hundreds of percent uh, at this point. Uh, you know, but, but the companies and the country that is doing more than anybody else, they're the ones that, that these groups are after. Uh, and it, it, it's so hypocritical 
Uh, and, you know, a lot of these, like BlackRock and these other asset managers with $7 trillion, more actually together more than $70 trillion in assets under management, what are they doing? They're, they are criticizing and attacking American energy at the same time they are investing in oil and gas in China. Now, I, I just find that there's something seriously wrong, and it ought to be investigated. I've often said, you know, when I started this antitrust education project, that there are a lot of, there are a lot of antitrust uh, actions that I oppose because I don't think they make sense, and they are, they are in violation of this, what I, the consumer welfare standard that I am trying to uh, – I'm trying to uh, uphold and, and protect and defend for my father's legacy and because it works. But um, while I'm doing that, I'm actually, I've actually came across a case that I would love to see the government bring, and that's against this ESG cartel. These companies and, and NGOs, you know, non-governmental organizations, these groups that are pushing, that are collaborating, that are colluding, to uh, you know, restrain trade in violation of the Sherman Act, our principal antitrust law, and, and the Clayton Act, uh, they, should, they ought to be investigated by this administration. Of course, they won't be, because they're, you know, that, would, that would attack uh, the, the left. This, they would attack this religion of, of climate uh, science or climate change that the left clings to. Uh, so it's not going to happen. You know, the ESG cartel makes OPEC look like a, a lemonade stand. It's so many more trillions and trillions of dollars. They're all being, you know, manipulated for the purpose of uh, for the purpose of uh, bringing down our economy, bringing down the engines of growth and job creation, you know, in the West. There, I, I'll, I'll step up my platform for just a moment <laughs> yeah. well no i mean it's absolutely right I, I i have been spending a lot of time and i'm far from the only one and i'm glad to hear that you're on board with us too uh esg is bad for the economy it's bad for business and ultimately it's bad for the average everyday person as a result and it doesn't matter which industry you're trying to apply it it doesn't work well for any of it it does need to be in uh, this administration clearly not going to do it maybe the next one will fingers crossed but uh, as is often the case with any good conversation robert uh, once you really start to feel like you're going uh, it's already time for it to come to a, an end so uh, real quick Please let everybody know where they can find your work. Uh, let them know where they can find uh, the reissuance of your father's book. Uh, share any websites that you'd like to real quick. And then you. uh, if you're inviting yeah. people to follow you on social media, uh, feel free to throw out those handles and platforms. Okay, and well, then any sure. final closing thoughts you want to do as well. Well, I, I appreciate you letting me uh, go on uh, run at the mouth a little bit. But I, I really – it was good talking to you. Uh, you can find our work at antitrusteducationproject.org, uh, also on uh, Twitter or X or whatever it is these days, uh, at antitrustedu. And my father's book, The Antitrust Paradox, the new edition that we put out with a new forward by my, Senator Mike Lee and a new introduction by me, uh, is on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. All right. Thanks again for coming on with us tonight. Uh, hopefully we can get together and have a, a extended conversation again sometime soon. Uh, God bless and Anytime. keep up the good work, sir. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Robert H. Bork, Jr., 
president of the Antitrust Education Project. Uh, real quick, before we go to the commercial break, uh, I do need to remind you, good news and bad news, this is the last time, this is the last official broadcast where we are continuing the ad campaign with our friends at Banish Holster. Uh, they have continued to extend it. I don't know how long after today it will, so please do not hesitate if you've been putting it off. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash t and get that ultra comfortable holster at a discounted price and you can still get a second one for half off that discounted rate perfect if you want one for yourself and want to give one as a gift or shoot you can just have two for you if that's what you like uh great holsters uh, do not wait any longer that's all i can tell you please don't hesitate if you've been putting it off and we'll be right back after this break <laughs> America, this is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap Tap into the Truth. Not all Democrats are pedophiles, but so far, all known pedophiles are Democrats. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Space Army Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. My fellow Americans, hopefully by now you have noticed that every time an evil idea is presented, such as the torture of so-called gender surgeries for children, allowing little children into drag queen shows if their parents are dumb enough to take them there, while preventing true child-friendly wholesome events for children from being held to libraries, are almost always Democrats on fire to politically burn away the last vestiges of common decency when it comes to the upbringing of America's vulnerable children? The effort to normalize grown adults engaging in unnatural activities with boys in order to help destroy true manhood is headed up, for the most part, by Democrats. So if Democrats are, for the most part, in favor of destroying innocent children... Isn't it by now logical to conclude that Democrats are all about the massive destruction of our republic overall? Just saying. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. Being stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bimonthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. 
constitutional grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to mypillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's mypillow.com with promo code TAPP. From all of us here at my pillow hi this is matt fitzgibbons at patriotmusic.com if you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music check out my five albums and videos on american history at patriotmusic.com you say gun control is using both hands i've gotta be Hey, this is Danny Cass, author of The Language of Betterarchy and creator of the top propaganda homeschool course for teens and grown-ups alike. You are listening to Tim Cass and Tap Into the Truth.
uh, I think it's possible Doug may have messed up because now we may have to open up the whole catalog of Beastie Boys for our liner collection. And I think he hurt his neck because he was in there jamming out in the control room pretty heavy to that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for uh, staying with us. That hurt my neck. <laughs> it's Friday night. Yeah, you'll you'll feel better later. Uh, thank you so much for uh, staying with us through that break. We're about to get started again. Should have a great conversation with Danny Katz here in just a second. But before we get started there, I do need to remind you that if you're considering at all the possibility of using physical gold or silver to help to hedge against inflation, protect the value of the nest egg that you've been so diligently trying to put away and that so many in our government, regardless of what letter they put at the end of their name, keeps trying to sneak away from you, then I would highly recommend you visit our friends over at Harvard Gold Group. Now, look, these folks, I trust them. I use them myself, and I love these guys. I've, I've had conversations with them before we started uh, uh, them uh, being a sponsor to the show, and what I love about them is they are Christian-based, and they believe that it's their responsibility to point you in the right direction. They will tell you point blank that if you're not ready to start adding physical gold and silver to your portfolio, they'll say you're not there yet, and they'll point you in the right direction, and they'll love to talk to you again when you are. I don't think anybody else in this business is doing that, guys. If they are, hey, then good for them too, but I've not heard of anybody. Have you? Bottom line here is they are Better Business Bureau approved. They've got five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and easy to sell. They've got a low price guarantee, and they offer up to $15,000 in free promotional gold and silver with qualifying purchase. All you got to do is give them a call for their free investor's guide right now. So whether you're looking to protect your retirement or you just want to have gold in hand, which is a pretty good feeling, by the way, call Harvard Gold Group at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or you can visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Either way, be sure to use promo code TAP. That's T-A-P-P. Or when you give them the call, they should ask you how you heard about them. Uh, and if they don't, be sure to remind them. Uh, let them know you heard about it from Tap into the Truth or from Tim Tap. Or you can just say Tap again and say, hey, T-A-P-P, guys. They'll know what you mean, and that will qualify you for an extra $250 worth of free gold or silver uh, on top of any other promotion that you're qualifying for. That does still require a qualifying purchase. But if you're going to invest, might as well take full advantage of all the free stuff you can. It's not like this is some sticker or some freebie certificate, guys. It's gold and it's silver. It's worth something. All right, one more time. That's 844-977-GOLD, 844-977-4653 or harvardgoldgroup.com. Now – that's enough of that. Let's get to the show. Uh, Patiently Waiting is the author of The Language of Betterarchy, a blueprint for uniting against tyranny. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. First-time guest, Miss Danny Katz. Danny, uh, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. How are you doing this fine Friday evening? I'm great, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. 
Well, yeah, I I saw the title of the book, and then I did a little research, checked out some of the stuff you've been doing, and you've got a very interesting path that you seem to be on, and it's kind of an enlightenment effort. Uh, People like myself have been complaining for a while about how on the political left they've taking control of the language to try to change the meaning of stuff in order to try to win arguments that they wouldn't ordinarily win. But you have actually taken that next step, doing the work that I probably should have been trying to to work along to, in not just recognizing it and not just saying, hey, this is what they're doing, but in actually helping to show people how and in finding ways to try to counteract it. So I guess my first question is, what led you into this path to begin with? Um, in terms of working with the energetic frequencies of words and how they program reality? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's that's not a thing that uh, just anybody does, and it, it really is a factor in helping to understand. It's the basis of communication, after all. Absolutely. Um, language isn't just the basis of communication, though it certainly is that, but it's also reality creation technology. Um, I spent the earlier part of my adult career uh, as a journalist, um, and I was writing for the LA Weekly and LA Yoga and Whole Life Times and Reality Sandwich. I was writing for a bunch of publications at the same time, so I was working with words all day, every day, and I was in a deeply shamanic phase, so I was doing a lot of plant medicine and I had what they called a shamanic initiation. So I went to bed healthy and I woke up paralyzed on the left side of my body. Um, so I spent about a month on the couch just going back and forth to my bookshelf and reading until my body would figure itself out. And I found this book called Hidden Language Codes by R. Neville Johnson. And he was shot point blank in the chest and he died for a few minutes. And when he came back, he brought these languaging codes with him. And after I read the book, I started to see these languaging codes really all the time. So I, I would go to like, you know, a Tony Robbins lecture and I would see the words leaving his mouth and how they were programming the audience and how they were affecting them. And as a journalist who was working with words all day, every day, they started to speak to me in this multidimensional way. And at first I was very resistant and I was like, words, I don't really have time for you. I'm on a deadline. <laughs> but after, you know, trying my best to save them off, they were very, very insistent. And so I realized that I was being invited into a deeper conversation with language um, and I ultimately surrendered. And it's been really, really wonderful to, to work with language and these frequencies, it definitely changed my life in terms of moving me out of scarcity consciousness, moving me out of victim consciousness. Um, and so, you know, my earlier work was around personal transformation. And then this new book, The Language of Betterarchy, is about using language for societal transformation. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love the title in and of itself, uh, Betterarchy is not exactly the first thing that slips off the tongue, and yet it is so spot on for what it is you're trying to accomplish. Uh, we're constantly using uh, words like uh, 
meritocracy in an effort to to recalibrate the focus of how we should go about doing things and judging uh, effectiveness. But uh, in essence, what we really should be striving for is to to make things better, not look for scapegoats, uh, not look for systems that have uh, been uh, hedging people in and fencing people in, but to actually work for a system that just is focused singly on trying to make things better. So uh, how did you come about uh, that as the title? Because that to me, uh, it's, like I said, it's different thinking. It sounds a lot like the language that the words were talking to you again. Uh, but if that's not the case, I just would like to know the process here because that's not just something that anybody would have uh, would have selected for the title. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, the fundamental basis of the book is challenging the notion that patriarchy is – to blame for everything terrible that's ever happened. And instead, I'm challenging the larger meta construct, which is hierarchy. Um, hierarchy being a system of organization that privileges certain groups over one another. And my theory is that it's time for us to evolve out of this, this privileging from the get-go. So for a while, I had thought that the solution was going to be heterarchy. Heterarchy being a system of organization that privileges no one over anyone else, but I wasn't finding any examples of large-scale implementation. And so I didn't feel comfortable hanging my hat on heterarchy. And I spent several months nerding out really hard on, you know, like old Latin dictionaries and prefixes and suffixes and trying to create something new and move us out of archy altogether. And then I realized, like, I'd veered way off course, and the book was like, hey, can you just write me instead of wasting your time, you know, coming up with a whole new social structure? So betterarchy is really like a placeholder, where I think we can all agree that, like, whatever it is we're going to evolve into will be better than what we have now. And the specifics of that will make themselves clear the more that we stop speaking hierarchy and start speaking betterarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of evolution, I have heard you uh, comment that uh, you think that at some point we're going to evolve beyond language. Uh, I would love to get a little more uh, of what you mean by that, because, you know, there's a lot of different ways to communicate. There's a lot of different ways to create the reality around us. But it seems so fundamental to the human existence. It's hard to imagine us not using language as part of it. Uh, so what in your mind does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, what is that next evolutionary step? My sense, and I, I'm guessing here, is that we're going to become far more telepathic and more attuned to feeling and knowingness. Um, language itself is a masculine construct. And I, I talk a lot in the book about masculine feminine constructs, not in terms of embodied men and women, but just in terms of polarity, in terms of, um, you know, the energetic components of this third dimensional reality. And so language is so inexacting. It's so limited. We're, tr we're using these tools and these symbols as shorthand 
you know, for larger concepts, for multidimensional concepts, for things that can't truly be described. So it feels like it's a phase we're in where we're using language, but I think we're on the precipice of so many evolutionary shifts that none of us can really conceive of because we're not there yet. Um, but it just feels like in terms of languages, limitations, that it's just a placeholder for a more connected, um, coherent means of communicating beyond language. Well, I, again, I find that very interesting. And uh, what, what I'd really kind of like to get into right now, though, you, you talked about uh, the journey of writing the book. Uh, you, well, you mentioned it briefly, how you got so in-depth following different rabbit holes that you almost lost the whole thread and had to come back to it. Uh, during the course of pulling together your research and, and uh, embodying the, the overall premise, did you come across anything in particular that really just struck you as being completely unexpected from where you thought you were going? That's a great question. Um, the, the pandemic really threw me because when I first started writing the book, I was tackling all of woke culture in all of its different iterations and, and all of the ways that we're working in these binaries, like, um, you know, Republicans, good, Democrats bad, or vice versa, or, you know, cisgendered bad, uh, trans good. When the pandemic came in, I, I needed to step away from the book because I was like, I don't even want to get into the vax, anti-vax. Like, that just felt like such a sticky wormhole that I didn't want to tackle. So I took some time away from the book, and then ultimately I, I realized also that the landscape was shifting and becoming much more volatile and violent in terms of these ideological allegiances and identity politics and whatnot. So ultimately I came back and I was like, I'm just going to focus on the man woman thing um, because I have two X chromosomes and given, you know, how clown world would have us believing that uh, a non melanated per person has no right to talk about melanated issues or a straight person can't talk about gay issues or, you know, those, those ridiculous limitations being imposed, I came back and I was like, all right, let me just really focus it on gender equality and sexism. And, and I do remind the audience many times during the book, like this is shorthand for any sort of identitarian conversation on any level. Um, so I would, I would say, yeah, the pandemic definitely threw me for a minute. <laughs> all right well you know what I, i'm sitting here uh danny and i'm looking at the clock and i can't believe it we're already almost out of time and it, and it feels like we've barely even gotten started it's been a fun conversation uh at some point i'd like to be able to continue it with you uh before we say our goodbyes though please let everybody know where they can find the book feel free to share any websites that you uh, would like to and if you're inviting people to follow you on social media uh feel free to throw out your handles and the platforms they can find you on and then any final closing thoughts you'd like to share as well okay great thanks tim um folks can find me at dannycats.com um keeping in mind that my my website will be website is being revised um people can follow me on instagram at something dot danny d-a-n-i um 
the book is on sale on Amazon in print, ebook, and audiobook. I do the audiobook narration. For folks who are not aligned with giving their money to Amazon, respect. Please email me through my website. I'm happy to arrange for a private sale. I'd also um, love to announce that my pop propaganda homeschool course has just dropped in digital format. So that is also available at poppropaganda.com, um, as well as through my dannycats.com website. And it is appropriate for teens and grown-ups alike. All right. That's great. Uh, in, in any uh, social media, or do you avoid that? Instagram is my primary social media. Again, something.danny. I'm highly censored on YouTube, where I have many strikes and very few pr- privileges left. So um, my Odyssey channel is Words Are Matter. And folks can link to everything through my dannycats.com site. And that's where they can find my podcast and my books and my courses and, you know, information on working with me as a coach or consultant as well. Yeah. Uh, bottom line, uh, Danny, if you're not uh, taking on strikes from YouTube, you're doing something wrong. So uh, hold up your badge <laughs> of honor. You've earned it. And <laughs> thanks for being in the fight. Uh, love what you're doing. Uh, and I, like I said, I hope we can get together again and continue the conversation because there's a, a lot to talk about there. And it feels like we barely even just scratched the surface. Uh, good luck to you and everything you do. Godspeed to you. And uh, again, uh, keep up the, the good work. You, you definitely are creating a following. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. And I very much look forward to our next conversation. We'll pick it up where we left off. All righty. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks, that Tim. is Miss Danny Katz, the author of The Language of Betterarchy, a blueprint for unifying against tyranny. Uh, and she's got just all kinds of stuff going on. Like I said, not our typical guest, but I do think uh, – feels right at home for the last frequency in the the Vera Network side of uh, the live audience. And uh, just – it's Friday. It feels like we can have those kind of conversations, uh, have some fun. And, uh, you know, there's absolutely the, – the the thing here is so much of what she's saying is still dead-on accurate. You know, it, it's not like what she's saying is wrong. It just the way she says it may not necessarily fall into the, the format that political show listeners – often are accustomed to thinking about it and that's part of why i wanted to bring her on because again a little different but at the same time aligning with the idea that language is being used to control and create negative things the language can be used the other way around we have to hold it accountable and uh, this idea that she has about evolving past it um like i said i, I don't know if the human experience will get to that point, but looking at what she was talking about, I think it would be great if we could at some point. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and kind of ease into resetting the hour, and on the other side, we'll start having a little more traditional tap into the truth conversation as we'll delve into politics hard with our good friend Becky Noble. Hello, 
ladies and gentlemen, and only ladies and gentlemen it is and shall always be. I am an 18-year-old high school student and wanted to take this time to bring to your attention the current issue with biological men claiming they are women entitled to use women's spaces. There was an incident within our district that occurred recently regarding a transgender woman who really is a biological man having an altercation with a young woman at MLK High School. This man is and has been using the women's restroom and locker room. Firstly, why are we affirming the mental confusion of this boy and putting the safety of women in jeopardy by allowing mentally confused men to use the women's spaces? Of course, any male who claims he is a woman will accept it. But what about the women? What about the true girls like myself who are female down to our DNA? Why don't we ever get a say in whether or not we are comfortable with this? The truth is we aren't. The majority of us aren't. And yet nothing has been done to protect the safety of these women. So please do something about it. Thank you. I'm going right there somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. I know I'll find you somehow, and somehow I'll reach her. This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Network. As always, we try to have a little fun on Fridays, and, uh, you know, I, I think we're doing pretty good so far tonight. Uh, aside from my little episode pre-show, I, I think tonight's going better than most Friday Night Live shows go. Uh, you know, it, it's doing well. All right, glad to have you along for the ride, and uh, definitely, definitely happy to have our next guest on. We'll be bringing... Miss Becky Noble back on here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I feel like I have to, as a matter of public service, let you know, just in case you somehow don't already know, two-thirds of Americans are currently at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of those people. 
You could be sitting in the dark and cold, or maybe hot, depending on what time of year, but right now, uh, probably cold. You could be in that situation for hours, uh, maybe even days, depending on the cause of said blackout, could even be weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm trying to tell you about our friends over at 4Patriots. Uh, look, the folks who already have this new solar generator from 4Patriots, they swear that it is worth its weight in gold, and there's no question as to why they feel that way. This generator has doubled the capacity of its predecessor, and it's expandable, meaning that you can do yet even more with it under the right circumstances. You can run big appliances with this thing, like your refrigerator, and you can run it for way longer than its predecessor. Uh, other devices like electric blankets, microwaves, RV air conditioners, even electric wheelchairs. Yep, got you covered. You can use your uh, phone charging. It's good. You're good to go because this bad boy, it's got 12 separate outlets, four of them for AC outlets, you know, so you can power more devices at one time. Uh, two of them are USB-C outlets, so you can charge your uh, cell phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Yeah. Best of all, this new solar generator, you don't have to worry about fumes. You don't have to worry about carbon monoxide poisoning. It's safe to use inside. Never needs gas, ever. Look. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Uh, but as I always say at the end of every broadcast, don't take my word for it. Go see for yourself. Four Patriots have set up a page just for listeners of the show. It's fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. You go there, you get to see this week's deals and discounts, which is a great place to start if you're just beginning your preparedness uh, journey. Or if you're pretty well stocked, but are still just looking for an occasional deal to add some more stuff to it, you're good to go. So one of the things that you will see is at the top of 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P is there's a little banner that will take you directly to all of the solar generators, including the one they're very proud of, the newest, the most powerful in the lineup, the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. So again… The number four, visit 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. All right, that is enough of that at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Patiently waiting for way longer than I have any right to expect or to. Welcome back to the show, journalist at Red State, as well as the host of Gumshoe Politics. And uh, over there doing honest journalism at Gumshoe Politics, Substack, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Becky Noble. Becky, thank you so much for coming back on with us. How are you doing today? I'm good, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, you know, I, I try to get you on at least once a month. I got a few folks that I try to do that. Uh, it's always great to talk to you. Your uh, insights are 
fantastic, and you still continue to do a bang-up job. Uh, there's a lot of things that we really need to discuss, and I held off to you on. I do want to spend some, ta- some time talking to you about one of the pieces you've written. Uh, that's kind of the uh, modus operandi we do. But before we get into any of that, I have got to start off this conversation with you in regards to – what we saw transpire yesterday involving Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., first from the announcement about his handling of classified documents and why they decided they weren't going to recommend charges, and then what is clearly hands down the worst presidential presser in the history of presidents anywhere in the universe. This blows away just our country's history. This blows away just our planet's history. I've never seen one worse. It was like in real time, in a matter of less than five minutes, he went from looking like I'm trying to disprove what they said to now I'm proving what they said. And then in the last five minutes or so, I'm now proving that I should probably be in a home somewhere being looked after as opposed to being considered the president of the United States. Why? Did the cabinet not get together and remove him from office today? <laughs> oh, you know, Tim, I just, first of all, thank you so much for all your kind words. I really appreciate so much that other than my husband, you're my biggest cheerleader. I really appreciate that. And I love coming on your show. It's always a lot of fun. Um, you know, I watched it last night, too, and I was just, you know, that I, I can't be the only person in the country who was just like, oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I mean, he they trotted him out there and they probably drugged him up pretty good before he went out there. But they they trotted him out there. And the whole the whole idea of that press conference was, hey, I'm I'm good. My memory's good. I'm in control. I have all of my faculties. You know, I've got my finger on the button. Don't worry about it. Everything's great. And instead, I mean, he they just, you know, they just shot it all shot it all to hell basically you know yeah. i mean it's just it, it really was it, it had to be on on the at least the top five worst presidential news pre- press conferences ever um you know i i saw a tweet and and i've heard this from a lot i've, I've heard it and seen it all over today and you know the democrats have really boxed themselves into a corner and the reason that they are in the position that they're in right now, you can take all the way back to the 2020 presidential election. They had to get rid of Donald Trump so badly, and the lengths that they went to to get rid of him have led them all to yesterday. It, it's You can trace everything they've done in order just to get rid of Donald Trump because they couldn't stand him. They hated him so much. And, and this is the end result. They, they have, we now have a president who, you know, for several years, people have suspected that, that, you know, his elevator's not going to the top floor anymore, that he's, he's lost his softball. And, and last night really just kind of proved it. And they, they boxed themselves into a corner now because, and like I said, I heard, I've seen and heard a lot of this on social media today where they're no matter what they do, no matter how they try to make it okay, no matter how they try to spin it, that the Democrats' choices now, they have one of two choices. They can either 
they can either say, okay, yeah, Joe's, Joe's got dementia, Joe's a little senile, and he really is not fit to no longer carry out his duties. He can no longer carry out his duties as the president. Therefore, we need to invoke the 25th Amendment. So we're not going to prosecute him for mishandling classified documents. Or, no, Joe knew it. Knew Joe is perfectly okay to be the president. He has all of his faculties about him. And if that's the case, then they need to prosecute him because that means he knew he knew exactly what he was doing and when he was doing it and why he was doing it. And, you know, the one thing I haven't heard from anybody today, even not even like legal experts, you know, that have been on various shows and everything was that. And, and, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so maybe my understanding of this is incorrect. But the Presidential Records Act, that that is that pertains to the president, to the president of the United States and, and his handling of classified documents. It does not include senators and vice presidents. And to, right. to my understanding of this, and again, I could be wrong, that if you are a senator and a vice and or a vice president, you do not have the authority to have classified documents in your possession, that you have to read them and look at them and, and, and you know, do research them and, and whatever you're going to do with them. You have to do those in a secure area that you cannot and do not take them out of that secure area. So... I have not heard anybody say, well, at the very least, why isn't he being prosecuted for that? He, he clearly took took records when he was a senator that he had no business having. So, right. I mean, the whole thing is just – it's unbelievable. It really is. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was literally where I was going next because you talk about, okay, well, we're not going to – I'd prosecute him because now he's the daltering dolt from Delaware. But he wasn't when he was a senator. And some of these records he had literally were from his first years in the Senate. Uh, now, he wants to talk about this one particular notebook as being his, but he had classified material that he wrote down in it. And, you know, you can make that argument all day, but I'm pretty sure that's the same argument that Donald Trump made that, okay, these do- the, these documents over here were mine, and that's why I kept them. Uh, these over here I declassified. Uh, and you're right. The Presidential Records Act, it does only apply to the president because only the president has the authority to declassify all this material. Between right. what they've as clearly established that Joe Biden did and what they clearly established that Hillary Clinton did, they really do need to go ahead and just drop that charge against Donald Trump because Donald Trump's literally the only one that had the authority to declassify all these uh, charges anyway. Uh, ultimately, they want to play like, well, you know, the difference here is that Donald Trump just kept telling us to go pound sand, and Joe Biden just turned over everything after he was caught, but he, he just turned yeah. it all over. Yeah. So he was cooperating, and it's harder to say that Hillary was cooperating when she literally took bleach bit and tried to hide everything because there was a lot of things besides the classified material she didn't want people to see, uh, things that were going on with the Clinton Foundation and uh, a whole can of worms that we could go down. And just for the record, since I'm mentioning it again, uh, I do not feel suicidal at the moment, uh, Becky. Please, <laughs> if, if yeah, I'm suicidal, <laughs> please tell my story. Uh, you're, you're welcome right. to use a pen name, though, for that because I don't want her coming <laughs> after you. We're telling the truth about it. But uh, 
the level of insanity surrounding the story they just it boggles my mind he they admit he clearly violated the law same thing that they did with Hillary uh, admitted that there was a violation this is a law that was passed that intent is not even a factor but at the very no. least no. Uh, if you're not going to go after him criminally, if you're not going to file these charges because you don't think you'll get the conviction because a jury is going to look at him and just see this elderly gentleman who uh, just can't remember things anymore, uh, if that's your excuse, you should at the very least now be working to remove him. But I do know the answer as to why they don't go ahead and use the 25th Amendment, and that's because if they do that now, they're stuck – with Kamala, and then that's a lot harder for them to dump Kamala when they get to the convention. And right now, I think they sealed the deal. I think it's over at this point. I think you can go ahead and write down Michelle Obama with uh, uh, Gavin Newsom as VP. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, help us! Oh, you know, I, I, I almost did a piece today. I was kind of thinking about it, and I thought, oh, maybe if I have time today, I'll. I'll, I'll try and later on today. I'd have try, time to try and fit it in, and I didn't. But, but, but this, as, as I keep watching and looking and everything, I'm I'm thinking that first of all, if if the Republicans, if there is any possible way that they could in fact move the 25th Amendment along, if if they don't have the and, and I realize you have a family show here, so I'll say, if they don't have the spine to do that. In this particular instance, they're never going to have the spine to do it for anything else. And yeah. I think what what we should do now as conservatives, I think don't so much uh, listen to what Democrats say about all this because they're just going to try to spin it. And, you know, it's those rascally Republicans trying to make trying to make, you know, lunch bucket Joe look bad and, and how how horrible of you. So so don't don't look at what they say. Look more at what they do or, or actually more specifically look at what they don't do, because if they if they really don't mount a defense of this in some way, I think that that maybe that's kind of a sign that they are trying to toss Joe under the bus. And, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it leaves us with Kamala. But I don't know. You know, I, I, I've heard the whole Michelle thing and I, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I think. I mean, I can, I get why they would try to do it. I just, I just, I don't know. I think she is, she, she likes her cushy Martha's Vineyard, you know, bazillion dollar mansion too much. So I don't know. And, you know, and she, I mean, I, I know, you know, uh, that it really doesn't matter what people say, but, you know, she said so many times, you know, how, how much she disliked Washington and, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I thought about it too, but I'm just, I'm just not there yet, you know. I'm just not convinced. So, well, but well let, let me lay out the, the my theory behind it. Now, first of all, I, I did hear other people throw it out there before, and I know some people, uh, not real well, but I know them a little bit that spent time around Michelle while she was in the White House, and mm -hmm. she she didn't she didn't like being part of that. She hated it. Uh, she basically hates America, so it's not surprising well, yeah. she hates being around the pomp <laughs> and circumstance of being the first lady. But uh, 
uh, I think really what it comes down to is they did learn a very valuable lesson because as you'll recall, uh, and I, I'm, I'm not going to cast dispersions on you, Becky, but I know I'm old enough to remember when Barack Obama was the resident at 1600 <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue. And right. at that point in time, the only thing I ever saw him actually do was campaign and vacation. So yeah. it seems like – Michelle could have learned that same lesson. All you have to do is go get that uh, chief of staff that actually is going to run things. There's plenty of folks behind the scenes in the Democratic Party that like calling the shots. That's all we've had for this current administration from its inception. So being president in name only and letting somebody else do the hard work might just fall right up her alley, and it would give her new material for that next Netflix special that they get to produce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, oh, God help us. Stranger things have happened, but oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it I, is, I, 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 I can only hope still- we're wrong. <laughs> I am still trying to figure out exactly what occurred here. Was this a case where somebody on the Biden staff that's more old school felt it was necessary to get out there and show that the finding from the uh, special counsel uh, was just wrong, so you had to go out there and knock it out of the park? Or is this a case where they're just finally over-dealing with him and they were throwing him under the bus, but they're still hoping at this point they can limp their way to the uh, convention so that they can have somebody other than Kamala take over? Because, like I said, I I think it's really a lot harder for them from a political standpoint to let Kamala actually have to assume the office and then try to just dump her. And and nobody likes Kamala. She is literally – the only person that is in a running gun battle with most unlikable politicians uh, with Hillary Clinton. The two of them are literally neck and neck, and <laughs> I, I think the winner usually comes down to who cackles last. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they said they've, they've, they've got to find a way, unless they find something – I, I, you know, I, I don't know what would be more appealing to her than the presidency, but unless they found some other job that that they thought that they might be able to talk her into doing, whether, gosh, who knows, who knows what it would be, but yeah, I mean, at this point, if if they invoke the twenty fifth amendment, they're stuck with her in, in, until November, you know, and if they wait until the convention. This is February, so they've got, what, what, March, April, May, June. They've got five months, you know, that they would have to – Sure, and, and like you just said, you know, you have enough people in the White House who will call the shots and they will sign all the papers that need to be signed and make it look like Joe's running the show, and they can probably do that for five months. But I don't know, so maybe that gives them five months to keep uh, working on Michelle. I, I don't know. But uh, yes. I don't know. Would 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 Gavin Newsom want to want to be second fiddle to Michelle? That, I think that's another a, a, another uh, question to mull over. Maybe you know. Well, or, I, or I think the, you're right in asking the question because I have no doubt that he wouldn't want to. But as part of that right. Pelosi 
political family out in California, I'm sure Nancy can convince him that this is your path into the White House, and then it's up to you to stay there. Right now, after the debacle of this debate that uh, he had with Ron DeSantis, and he keeps picking the wrong side in California, he's deeply unpopular in California. Uh, He just – he's barely avoided being recalled, and what it comes down to – is the fact that, okay, if I don't have a path on my own, maybe I can ride somebody else's coattails that actually is still popular among Democrats. Uh, rationale as to why, that's I still don't true. know, but that's part of why I'm not a Democrat. But uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a yeah. good question, but I do see him being convinced, even if it comes from uh, Nancy Pelosi, strong-arming him, saying, you will carry on our family's legacy. Um yeah, we, we've been kind of lighthearted on the conversation. we got a little bit of time left before we have to ease into the mid-hour break. I, I do want to get a little more serious with the questions, though, because this would be hilarious if there wasn't so much at stake, if it wasn't so serious. This is a case where even if he doesn't do anything else presidential between now and the next election, it's still the image around the world that endangers American citizens everywhere around the world, it endangers our allies, and that's still not even addressing the fact that there comes a time when you have to take the keys from grandpa for his own good. This is elder abuse no matter how well you play it. There are people that are holding on to power using him as the proxy, and they are using him regardless of how it plays out, and they're also going to use him as a scapegoat so that nobody's held accountable when stuff goes wrong. What can oh, yeah, we legitimately yeah, I, I so. do in addressing that part of the uh, the situation? Because this is way more serious than we want to. Because I, I need to laugh about it, Becky, because if I don't, I, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown over here. This is legitimately <laughs> dangerous. I know. And, you know, uh, my husband and I, Randy and I, were, were just sitting and having dinner earlier, and he had not uh, – he was working last night and, and, you know, was doing other things today and really had not seen a lot of this press conference and didn't, wasn't, I had, I got him up to speed on the story behind it, you know, with the special prosecutor's report. And, and so they were, uh, we were watching, uh, clips of, of the press conference last night. And, and one of the first things we both said was that all of our enemies around the world can see this. Not only can our allies see this, and, and, you know, my gosh, if you're any one of, you know, pick one, Israel, uh, you know, Great Britain, France, anywhere in Europe, any of our allies can see this, have to be saying, oh, my God, just like we are. But not only are all our, are our allies seeing this, our enemies are seeing this as well. And that was the one thing that I said to him. I said, if we're watching this and we're dumbfounded, what do you think uh, the Russians are doing, the Iranians, the Chinese, the North Koreans? You know, they can all see this. And it's just it's so incredibly dangerous. And, you know, Joe Biden has enough blood on his hands now, whether whether he's aware of it or not. He has enough blood on his hands now. But if God forbid that that we would be attacked in any way before the election, I don't know. I I don't know what the remedy would be. You know, would would. You know, would would there be people physically going into the White House and and dragging him out of the Oval Office? I don't know, but it's it really is truly frightening. I I agree. You know, 
Um, like like I said, I, there does come a point where you have to go take the keys from Grandpa. And I exactly. think that might be exactly. where we're at. Uh, Hansy, feely, creepy Uncle Joe is not fit yeah. to drive the car anymore. And we've known it for a while, but we've all kind of played along with the game. And it's made for great fodder for people like me when I sit here and uh, get all this material to discuss on a regular basis. But at the end of the day, uh, for the same reason I get upset when they don't go ahead and impeach my orcas, or the reason I get upset when they oh, don't move forward yeah. with real uh, solutions to the problems that face it rather than just try to hold off and run, try to get credit, try to uh, place blame elsewhere, all this other stuff. I get you guys are playing the game of politics, but at some point, all of you need to remember you're supposed to be public servants first. And the best way to hold on to power in this country is if you actually do the job and then do a really good job of communicating it. Uh, I would be okay for voting for anybody regardless of the letter after their name if they were actually doing the job and I can't remember the last time I saw somebody that did that Becky uh, we need to go yeah. ahead and take a, a break right about now we can pick right back up right there if you like uh, or we can move on to the next topic sure. I'll leave that up to you on the flip side but whatever, before we, whatever you want to do all right before we do Friday, that I do Friday need night. to uh, let everybody know that we've got some good news and some bad news the bad news is that our friends at Vanish Holster has decided that they're going to end the campaign uh, with us together. Uh, so they'll not be sponsoring the show. This is literally the last time where you're going to hear me talk about them. Uh, well, under official capacity, I'll probably still mention them because they got a great product that I happen to personally like. But <clears throat> they're moving into a different venue. They're leaving podcast and independent radio altogether. So uh, good luck to them, and, and I, I'm glad they were here for while they were here. So don't get me wrong. I'm sad that they're leaving, but I'm happy that they feel like they can move to another venue, and I hope it works out. Meanwhile, the good news is that for just a little bit longer, their holiday special is continuing. So right now, if you go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P, you can automatically activate a discount. You can use that discount to get one of their ultra-comfortable holsters and then – at least for a little while longer. It may end uh, at midnight tonight. I'm not sure exactly when. They didn't tell me, and I haven't heard back. So don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. <laughs> you can go ahead and get a second holster for half off that discounted price. So that's a double deal. Now, that's perfect if you want to have one and want to give one to a friend or a family member that you know needs it. And like I've been saying for a bit, uh, maybe you just want to have two for yourself. If you're the one buying them, I that's up to you, right? Regardless, you're going to love the holster more than any other holster you own because you can use it to carry almost any gun in absolute comfort. So comfortable, in fact, you'll forget you're wearing it. That's part of why they call it the Vanish Holster. This holster, revolutionary because it fits 99% of all semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry multiple positions, and it lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines. You know, in case you need to do a quick reload, which if you're ever in a situation like I find myself in, the ability to reload quickly is probably a good thing. <laughs> Best of all, 
all that, that's still not the best part? That's right. Best of all, it comes with a money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it as much as I think you will, you can get all your money back with their uh, hassle-free return policy. It's a good deal. Bottom line is we know what's going on out there. Criminals are more emboldened than ever. The threat of terrorism on American soil is higher than it has been in decades. Please don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your holster's uncomfortable. Just don't do that. For the very last time, you're going to hear me say it. Go right now. Visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, please, if you've been putting it off but you still want to do it, don't wait any longer. Do it tonight. Do not wait till tomorrow. I can't promise you anything after tonight. Meanwhile, don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this brief break. <laughs> I'm Becky Noble. You can find me at gumshoepolitics.substack.com and at redstate.com. You're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap in the Truth. taxpayers have paid over $20 billion over the last two years on refugee and illegal entrance assistance. And for what? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. According to a report from the OpenBooks.com, we the people have been paying for many services for law-breaking illegal border crossers, including legal assistance, medical screening, housing assistance, leftist cultural orientation, work authorization, public benefits application, government school enrollment, mental health services, cash support, and Medicaid access. Meanwhile, many thousands of U.S. military veterans are left without adequate housing, food, and medical assistance. Yet, Parent Agency Administration of Children and Families received $2.9 billion in support for Afghani entrants. And what I have shared with you is a small fraction of the orchestrated invasion of the United States of America. My fellow Americans, either we work together to save our exceptional nation or be doomed to misery and injustice for all i'm ron edwards join me live weekdays 3 p.m eastern to find out where go to the ronedwards.com the second goal is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact reducing products at second skull we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. 
constitutional grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best. Constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to blueedgecoffeecrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Browns coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. While also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at redballoon.work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett from redballoon.work. Check us out today. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. Sharing the night together. Sharing the night together. We are indeed sharing Friday night together. Thank you so much for uh, sharing tonight with me. I, I'm glad to have you here. Thank you very much. So whether you're listening live uh, on all the great platforms that you can currently hear us on, like K-Star Talk Radio or ZMA Radio, Liberty Talk FM, and the entirety of the Vera Networks, I saved them last, but they're certainly not least, Uh if you're listening live on any of those platforms, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to set your calendar. But I do still 
equally appreciate everybody that's listening to the podcast version after the fact because that means that you're taking the time out of your busy schedule when you couldn't quite make it to the live show, but you still deem it important enough to listen. So thank you so much for that as well. I appreciate it greatly. Now, we're about to get started again with uh, Becky Noble, but before we do that, I need to ask you, have you considered at all using physical gold or silver to diversify your holdings? You know, an effort to protect your hard-earned wealth, a, a way of hedging against inflation and governmental concerns like, I don't know, say a digital dollar, for example. If you have, but you're not quite sure where to start uh, down that path, or even if you have checked with maybe one or two other companies and decided they're not quite for you, let me recommend you uh, visit the premier conservative gold company, the gold company that I use, Harvard Gold Group. Look, they're fantastic. They're, they're Better Business Bureau approved. They've got five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and easy to sell. They've got a low price guarantee, and they offer up to $15,000 worth of free promotional gold and silver with the qualifying purchase. Look, it's worthwhile to call just to find out what's required to qualify, right? All you have to do, though, start down this path is give them a call to get their free investor's guide. You can do that. Well, you, technically, you can do that here in a minute if you want. I'm about to give you the number. I would ask that you just jot down the number and give them a call after the show because I don't want you to miss any of the great conversation here in a minute with Becky. But whether you want to protect your retirement or you just want to have gold in hand, which actually pretty good feeling there, I have to admit – Call Harvard Gold Group right now at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or you can give them a quick visit online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Now, if you go online, be sure to use promo code TAP. That's T-A-P-P. Uh, and if you give them a call, they're going to ask you how you heard about them. And if they don't, you need to tell them, but they – Probably will. Every now and then, somebody might forget part of the the, the process. You know, it, they get so involved with trying to help you that they may skip it. But make sure they know. <clears throat> make sure that you tell them you heard about them on Tap Into the Truth, or you can mention Tim Tap. Hey, uh, Tim Tap, that host of that uh, one show. You mention that, they'll know who you're talking about, and that will qualify you for an additional two hundred and fifty dollars in promotional gold or silver on top of any other promotions that you're qualifying for still requires a qualifying purchase. But if you're going to invest anyway, might as well maximize how much free metals you're going to get. So one more time, that number is 844-977-GOLD, 844-977-4653, or visit harvardgoldgroup.com. With all that out of the way, let's get back to the conversation. Becky, before we delve back in, I know you mentioned it in that liner as we went out to break, but please remind everybody one more time where they can find your work. And if you're inviting people to follow you on social media, feel free to share your handles and what platforms they can find you on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Follow me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find me on Facebook uh, at Becky Noble. Um, I'm on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it now, uh, at Becky Noble 65. And uh, you can find my work at redstate.com and, of course, on Substack 
at gumshoepolitics.substack.com. And you can also find my pod, uh, podcast there. That is called In Your Face. And if you go to the Gumshoe Politics link, you'll find the, the link there for the, for the uh, podcast as well. So I'm all over. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and it's a great podcast, too. And if you're somebody that doesn't have a lot of time, she normally keeps it in between five to ten minutes. As she's to the point, she gets to it, she gets it done, and she does a great job with them. I love the In Your Face uh, podcast. I, I don't often uh, get to them as soon as you drop them, but like tomorrow, I will go back and listen to all of this week's. And the upside there is – uh, it's only going to take me a few minutes to get caught back up, but but they're all great points. They're fantastic. Uh, I, I can't recommend Becky's work enough, guys. Seriously, legit. She's fantastic at this, and she demonstrated that uh, with a piece that she recently wrote. And it's kind of an interesting piece. I'm really surprised. I, I saw this poll. Uh, you obviously saw it too. Uh, voters are really kind of giving Donald Trump more credit than they were initially. And it seems really, really early. You know, usually uh, a former president has to wait uh, a couple of administrations before public opinion starts uh, really giving the full credit that's due or the full blame that's due, uh, depending on how things go. But it really does seem like America as a whole is recognizing that the Trump presidency, even if you were a person that hated the mean tweets, uh, you're starting to recognize that it was a great time uh, for America and a great time to be an American. Um, I, again, you did a good job with the piece. Uh, let me uh, – now that I've set that up, uh, let you uh, kind of run with uh, what we're looking at with this. Well, yeah, um, it's it was a NBC News poll, so so you know NBC News, not not a uh, right wing you know outlet, uh, did a poll, and I believe they said they polled around a thousand registered voters, and and a whole lot of them uh, thought you know they were kind of uh, they they were kind of uh, waxing a bit nostalgic and. Uh, Look at looking back on the old days of, of Donald Trump's presidency, and I think the reason why is is probably pretty simple that they probably had more money in their pockets during the Trump administration than they do now. Uh, you know, I hear uh, Sean Hannity all the time uh, tell, uh, talk about the statistics that it's like two thirds of America is living paycheck to paycheck now, and uh, you know, I mean, all you have to do is look around you and and. Look, look at what's going on. If it's if it's not inflation, if you're not, uh, you know, spending at least twenty to thirty dollars more at the grocery store, you're spending way more money at the gas pump. Uh, crime is skyrocketing uh, in good part due to the invasion at the southern border. I mean, it it just goes on and on and on. And I think that when people look back, they realize just how under control all those things were during the Trump years. And I, it, it could be that uh, we will be thanking Joe Biden for for being the buffoon that he is because it it, it it's almost kind of the Jimmy Carter uh, effect. You know, it took Jimmy Carter to get us Ronald Reagan. So it, it history may, may be repeating itself in the fact that Joe Biden is going to cause us to have Donald Trump back. 
And, you know, we it, it may have been that, that we've had to live through this disastrous four years of Joe Biden in order to get Donald Trump back. And, you know, may, maybe I'm a bit naive and may, maybe I'm hoping for a bit too much. But if if and when Donald Trump does get reelected in November and he serves his four years and if we're lucky enough to to have a, a, another Republican president following him, it, it may be that that after that final four years of Trump, that people maybe more and more people are going to start to wake up to the fact that the Democrat Party does not have their best interests at heart. Uh, in, in fact, I'm, right now I'm reading Mark Levin's new book, The Democrat Party Hates America, and I, I haven't got too far into it, but man, oh man, it's definitely worth reading. And it, it's, it, it, you know, it, you, you can see everything around you that's happening. And so, uh, you know, it, like I said, it, 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 may, it, it may be an, uh, an off-the-wall kind of gift that, that kind of uh, pays off in the end. So, You know, I, I am curious, though, if you think that um, – because, you know, I've been wondering out loud myself. Like I said when I was setting up uh, the discussion here, we don't normally see that much of a shift in polling, especially the people that you know NBC is going to be polling. They're looking to present their narrative. It breaks their heart when they don't get to, even when they know the narrative's incorrect. Uh, they're more pr a propaganda machine now than a sure. news organization, and unfortunately most of the mainstream legacy uh, outlets are. But we don't normally see that much of a shift of the average Americans, especially the folks that typically aren't paying enough attention to policy to even understand that right now there's a continuing constitutional crisis going on at the Texas border, for example. Uh, these people listen to what the 6 o'clock news tells them, and then they go back to watching uh, TV, and they're trying to go back to work and – Unfortunately, what used to be good enough to be reasonably informed now makes you a low-information individual because they're not giving you the intel. So in this effort, is, is it a big part of the reason why folks are still uh, understanding and remembering what Trump did, but they're starting to shift their views because Trump is still an option they can have back, or – is this really a case of Joe Biden being so bad at being president or more to the point the people that are pulling the strings behind Joe Biden are yeah. so bad in moving this America last uh, agenda forward that it really wouldn't matter if Donald Trump was running again or not that everybody uh, would be thinking that Trump's presidency was better than they uh, had acknowledged. You know, it it might be a little bit of both, and and yeah, you're right. The the the, the turnaround, for for lack of a better way to put it, of history, is much more rapid for Donald Trump these days than than, than it it normally is for anyone else. Um, you know, I think you can look back to a lot of the things that uh, George Bush did. You know, immediately following nine eleven, and and maybe at the time. You know, because we were scared and we didn't know what was coming next, that a lot of those things seemed like a good idea. And now looking back on it, you know, people are kind of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. 
So, yeah, I, you're right. They're, they, it really is a, a, a pretty rapid turnaround as far as, as history, look, you know, look, taking a look at his record. But, um, you know, I, I think that um, – kind of having a brain fart here, but uh, – yeah, I think I think that people definitely there, there's people I think that would not have considered Donald Trump if 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 Donald Trump were not the nominee and and you can take any of the other candidates out of the picture if it was just some completely other candidate that was on the Republican that was the Republican nominee it it might not t- make people take the second look that they are now because it is Donald Trump and. You know, he is also, I don't know if you saw this, I I don't know how widespread it was, but I believe it was on MSNBC this week. So, yeah, probably it it might not have gotten a lot of uh, people seeing it, but apparently within the last several weeks or so, they went to a a barbershop in a black neighborhood, and they were asking all the guys in this barbershop, about the election, about Joe Biden, about Donald Trump. They, they were basically basically kind of in a roundabout way, you know, trying to ask them who they were voting for without really saying. And they were all saying, look, we had money when Donald Trump was president. We don't now. You know, so I think that, like you said, whoever's pulling the strings in the White House, because it certainly isn't Joe Biden, that, uh, you know, they're, they they can tell people that the economy is great and, and no, you're 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 wrong. This is great. That's great. You know what? Whatever you're seeing is not really real. They can do that all they want, but people know what they're living every day, and it's it's just it it's not going to work. I think the closer that it gets to the election, I I I don't see it getting any better unless they, you know, unless they do some sort of of you know uh, handstand kind of cheating, you know, kind of kind of. They'd have they'd almost have to top themselves from 2020, which which yeah. which is going to be a pretty tall order. So, it's like, yeah, oh no, all the all the water pipes in every voting district <laughs> across the <laughs> yeah. country burst at the same time, and exactly. we have to put pizza boxes up in the windows, and we're going right. to stop counting right. in the middle of the night. <laughs> right, right, and you know, and and. I, I think that, and and I said this to someone else the other day, before, and I and I kind of likened it to nine eleven in this way that prior to nine eleven, would anybody ever would have dreamed in a million years that that some people would would come up with the idea to fly planes into buildings? Prior to nine eleven, that would have not have occurred to anyone to do that. Same thing with the twenty twenty election. Would 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 it have occurred to any of us that? Democrats would have gone to the lengths that they did in order to get rid of Donald Trump. No, it never would have occurred to us. But now we know that the idea has occurred to people, and now they're going to have to try to top it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But, um, you know, while things look, look pretty good right now, I mean, it's early, and uh, do not I, – I, I definitely think that we underestimate the Democrats at our own peril. Do not under underestimate them and, and do not underestimate their ability to cheat. And I think that we have to take all of the things that they, they do, like early voting, ballot harvesting, you know, all of those things that they do. Not only are we going to have to learn how to do it and do it as well, we're going to have to learn how to do it better. 
if we want to continue to win elections. Right. So, yeah, I, it's a very important point you make, and, and it is also equally important to understand that not every Democrat is some evil genius mastermind. We oh, we no, see no. plenty of the folks that go out here and can barely put two sentences together without tripping <laughs> over each other. And how far have we come, Becky, in so much That's that true. a certain senator from uh, Pennsylvania who suffered strokes yeah. now seems to be the one that makes the most sense? <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he's got all the lefties mad at him now. It's kind of funny. But we do know that there are some folks that uh, – well, it's not unfair and it's not hyperbole for me to say that they have sinister intentions, and, and that goal is to destroy the republic, to completely eradicate our constitution because it is a major obstacle to the plans that they have. But when we right. interact with folks on a day-to-day -day basis, we have a good number of fellow Americans who have just bought into the image of what's being sold. I mean, I still talk to folks around here uh, that would have to be classified as blue dog Democrats uh, if you were going to have to classify them, but they see themselves as Democrats. They're going to vote Democrat because they can't imagine voting for a Republican, and it, everything else doesn't seem to matter. But Donald Trump has managed to do something, and now Joe Biden is helping to do it further. They've managed to get through to these folks in a way that actually means something and that gives me hope but at the same time as you uh, point out it is going to motivate those folks that are up to no good to find new creative right. ways to be very effective at it uh becky we are nearly out of time for tonight so i want to give you a chance to uh, finish up with any uh, final thoughts that you want to to uh go with before we say our final goodbyes Oh, gosh. Well, like, like I just said, I would just say, you know, yeah, right now thing, things are looking pretty good. Um, I would say definitely uh, watch what the Democrats don't don't look at what they say, but look at what they do or don't do in the coming days and weeks as in, in regards to Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, we'll see if this is an attempt, their, their first attempt at, at uh, pushing him out of the White House and, and pushing Kamala in or or hair gel or, you know, whoever else they think that they can plug in and in, in Joe Biden's place and, uh, you know, get out the popcorn because it's it's probably going to be pretty interesting and pretty amusing. But again, like you said, if it wasn't so deadly serious, you know, we, we could we could be snickering and giggling about it. And, and maybe we will be. But underneath all that, you know, you just got to be, oh, my gosh, you know, praying for our country, I guess. <laughs> Well, I, I certainly uh, couldn't have put it any better. Uh, ultimately, if Donald Trump can successfully navigate the the lawfare that's being moved in his direction, that too. then I have no doubt that he will be the next president of the United States, and a lot of this gets fixed. And fortunately, he's already proven it can get fixed in a hurry. Um, if yeah. he doesn't manage to get through this in a fashion that uh, – the outcome that would make the most sense when you look at these from a legal standpoint, uh, because you can't trust the judges uh, now to do the right thing yeah. either. Unfortunately, uh, too many of them have decided that they're activists as opposed to judges, which leads to the uh, the question of 
how that plays out. In fact, I wish we'd had a little more time because I would have loved to talk to you also about the questions being asked by the judges when it comes to this effort from Colorado to remove Trump from uh, the ballot there, because it seems like uh, it, it may end up being 9-0 in favor of Trump on this one. Uh, of course, the liberals mostly because they don't like the idea of sharing power with the states. But whatever the reason, uh, you can debate all you want. Is it better to have somebody do the right thing for the wrong reason or the wrong things for the right reasons? Uh, I'll take to just get the right things <laughs> regardless of the reason. Right, uh, right, exactly. All Me right, too. Becky. Again, <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, giving up uh, some of your valuable time on a Friday night to come hang out with us. As always, I appreciate it greatly, and I definitely look forward to our next opportunity. And, uh, you know, keep up all the great work between what's going on at Gumshoe Politics, the In Your Face podcast, and all the articles you're getting up over at Red State. You are doing yeoman's work, uh, helping to carry the conservative cause in a clear, concise, and meaningful fashion. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you so much, Tim. Thanks again. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Miss Becky Noble, friend of the show, great journalist, and, uh, you know, just all-around great American to boot. All right. We are quickly running out of time. So that means you guys have got to get into the weekend and uh, go have a great, fantastic time. That's, that's your homework, guys. I'm sending you out to go have a great weekend. Uh, If at all possible, do it. And if you can't, hey, we'll regroup next week and try again. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name is Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. (laughs) My name's Joe in both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Malamine, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Teach lessons to your daughters and sons. 
is using both hands. using both hands. Mm-hmm.